0: Welcome to Brands Made Meaningful, conversations with the team at Susner about how purposeful branding inspires unity, identity, and powerful change for growth-minded organizations.
1: Derek, today's conversation is going to be a little weird, a little out of left field, a little organic. I know most of our conversations might seem organic, but they're (laughs) planned. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to us to be brand consultants, and this comes straight out of a conversation we had with a new business prospect last week that we were talking to them about capabilities and how this all works and and what do we do and how do we help our clients, and basically, they came back and said, oh, so you guys are like brand consultants, and we said, yeah, that's exactly what we are, Um, and then walking them through client work and how this all works. It's, it's kind of a really cool conversation for us because it's so natural and it gives people a really good sense of why should people call us in the first place? How do the people start engaging with us? And then what, it, what does it look like when we work with people and normally it's for the long term? Yeah, I, I can't remember if it
0: was that person specifically or another recent conversation where one of the first things they said was, I don't need a new logo, but I need some help can you guys
1: still help me? Cause I know you're a branding firm. Yeah. And it's interesting. And I think that we almost stand up on the table when someone says (laughs) logo. Yeah. You need a new logo. And it's, it's, it's super common. It's, but it's just one of the many, many pieces that we work with within a brand. I think of it of like one of the 35 different assets that we build for brands as a logo. So think about it in that kind of sense. It's not as big of a deal on something else, but when we're looking at consulting with somebody, um, I just kind of want to dive a little bit into like, well, why do we do that? Like what, what is the purpose of that kind of engagement? But overall, people hire us to work on their brand, right? And that can be super vague and confusing. A brand can be a lot of different things. It could be an experience. It can be the way you look. It can be the way that you sound. It can be the story that you're telling. It could be the way that your culture flows throughout your company there's a lot of different things. And so a lot of people come to us and they say, okay, you work on brand, like what do you mean? What do you do and why is that even helpful for a lot of people? But brand can be critical for the success. So when we're looking at working on a brand, it's, we definitely don't just start with the visuals. That's not at, at all where we start. We normally start about understanding like who the organization is, where's is it going, um, and then how is it showing up to audiences internally and externally that's kind of the foundational layer that we start looking at to really help people. Yeah. I like the word consulting in this conversation. What
0: it implies to me or helps us explain is basically taking 25 years of working with hundreds of organizations that have all had different challenges, uh, problems, or opportunities that we help them work through or witnessed or were part of with the work that we were doing, to then be able to earlier on in new conversations with people who need some help or who have self-identified that they have they have something that they would like to talk to us about. We can, we can oftentimes differentiate between problems and symptoms and what has worked for other companies to solve s- the similar issues that they're running into with
1: respect to their brand. And sometimes it's just a pair of fresh eyes can really help someone gain clarity around something, right? Like we talk about it all the time. It's like getting so close to a problem or a challenge can make it really hard to see the big picture and to understand how does this fit into what we're talking about on a broad scale. So as we move forward forward. As, as we look within the industries, like we work a lot within sports and saying that that's honestly, it's just so av- it evolves quickly. It's always has new technologies and new expectations and it's very consumer facing. Why does it all matter? Like, why do we do it? Why do we care about who we are, where we're going and how we show up? And it's really in two capacities, right? There's this short term to say, well, we want to stay relevant and we want to stay competitive. That is super important as we evolve we, we have this risk that's being put in front of us to say, if we don't change to match consumer expectations, then we're going to be left behind. We're risking that the competition winning, basically. And that's, that's a really scary landscape to be in if you're not moving along with it. And then for the long term, there's this idea of creating loyalty. It's creating deep connections with people. And I think that they kind of run in tandem for us that we, we have to balance the short-term desires of being relevant with the long-term desires of being authentic, right? And this, how do we be authentic and relevant to people but also be surprising and being able to build them up in a way that doesn't feel like trendy or some of those things? And I think that's where we come into this what's the vision for the company and then how do we match that vision for consumer expectations and how do we balance all of those across i think the an old way of thinking was to run a bunch of ads look cool
0: say a bunch of, in, to 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 lean into marketing um, and to push awareness as hard and as fast as possible and then that would solve the short term issues but more and more, especially as we start seeing the next generations of consumers coming up with the projects that we've worked on and the research that we're working on, we're learning that more and more the next generations care more and deeper about what you are as an, as an organization and then whether or not I want to buy from you. Yeah, They want to be aligned and on board with, even with the sporting goods products that they buy, if I, when they're buying a knee brace, more often than not, at least, maybe not so much the baby boomers, but at least Gen X, Gen Y, the millennials, Gen Z especially, what you stand for and having an alignment and knowing that their dollars not only are getting them really great products and, are, and a great brand experience, but they're supporting an organization that they believe is
1: doing good things or aligns with them um, is becoming really important. I don't want to dive into it right now too much. I think the second half of this conversation is all just going to be client examples because it's super helpful for people who are interested in what we do to just give them tangible examples. Like here's exactly what we worked on and who we did it for. But one thing that you're talking to that generational differences, this is exactly what came up with some of our work with the Minnesota Vikings, the differences in their fan base, the generational expectations you can literally see it wean off of football. It's super interesting to say the older generation cares way more about football than than the middle generation, than the youngest generation. The youngest generation cares so little about – they care about watching football and that's great. But as a brand, they, they care less about what you're doing on the field than what you're doing off the field, which is super interesting to us. That finding was like – anyways – Separate podcast. Yes, totally. Stay well, tuned. maybe later in this conversation we'll get into it a little bit more. But what before we dive into those, the type of work I just want to define that a little bit. So, like the type of work that we do when we say "yep," we work on projects. What we're meaning are things like brand repositioning, merging brands together, whether it's two or more. Um, it's helping young brands scale. Think of like startup brands. How do they scale in this space? How do we turn something around to understand what's working, what's not working with your brand today? How do we refresh it, maintaining maybe even the logo and the name and some of those equities in there and and being able to, you know, brighten it, energize it, all those other things. What we're really looking to do with our clients is not shoehorn them into the projects that we are really wanting them to be. What we take this approach, and that's why I think people call us consultants on it, is we definitely field the questions like what's going on? What tell us what your business plan is? What what do you want out of this? Where is your three, five, 10-year picture of the business? And that doesn't that really guides our process and the way that we attack someone's brand to say what what needs to be done to your brand to get you to that three-year mark? And then what needs to be done to that? That brand to get you to that 10-year mark. In which ways can we help you grow this in um, your ideal setting?
0: Yep. Oftentimes, that initial conversation, like this meeting that you referenced that we had last week, Yeah. I think at the end of that conversation, the realization was they didn't have a, brand, a logo problem. They didn't have a visual yeah. problem at all. At all. We have other clients that we work with where it is the opposite, where the guiding principles, the culture of their company is fantastic and all they need is a better, is a set of messaging tools to help them talk about it and explain it.
1: Or they need new visuals that just match that. So I think that where I'm getting at is that when we work with someone, they always assume that they're hiring us to design something new for them. And that's not always the case. And so what I would love to do in the next part of this conversation is just dive into some of those, like who has hired us and what have they hired us for and how did that go and where, where are we going from there? Because I think a lot of the clients we work with, they might hire us to do something with them once, but most of our clients end up to be long-term clients for us. We build the relationships to have conversations about their brand over the course of years, not just necessarily months.
0: Yeah, once we've had the opportunity to establish the relationship and the trust, and by helping them, you know, showing them and proving to them that we have their best interests in mind, both for the short-term and for the long-term, then they're able to come back to us and say, X amount of time later, I have a new problem now, or I have a different opportunity. You know, my brand really well, you know, the differences between the symptoms that we're realizing and the root problems
1: that we need to address. How can you help us out with this piece? Let's get into lifetime, lifetime, lifetime fitness. Some people know it as it's now just called lifetime. So don't, you know, cross those lines, but talk about how they initially engaged us. I think that this is, it's a really interesting story of, What is the conversation around that? If people don't know, Lifetime is a large... um, National, international... Facility. I mean, they're just a workout facility, and what they call them um, athletic country clubs, basically. Yeah,
0: it's a real
1: lifestyle brand around
0: health and healthy lifestyles. How did they initially engage us? Uh, The first conversation with Lifetime, what they were interested in um, was an initiative that came from the team that overseas and uh, basically runs their HR department, their their internal team. Lifetime's external brand, the brand that is on the outside of the clubs, the brand that people wear if they buy gear or if you go to their website, that's not the brand that we worked on at all. What Lifetime was looking for from a recruitment, uh, attracting and retaining standpoint and a way to keep and bring staff to the Lifetime organization was they were looking for a way to enhance the way that they recognized and celebrated the people that joined their team. So essentially, some people call this an employment brand. Some people would call it an internal brand. But what they were looking for was a way. And I'm I'm avoiding the word logo. I'm avoiding the word symbol. But they were looking for guidance on how they could differentiate the way that they talk to market to and celebrate their internal team members from the way that they market and advertise to their club members and external customers yeah
1: think about a health club how many people work there right hundreds uh, it's tens of thousands of across the country right they have so many location, so many locations they have I think it's somewhere around 35,000 people that work there. Um, They need a way to not only offer people great benefits and great pay and all that. They need a way to be competitive in that landscape. So think about when we say audiences, the reason why we say audiences and not customers is because of projects like this. Your brand is so much more than just the people that you sell to from a consumer standpoint. It is the people who work there. You are... Building a right to win with them every single day by giving them, you know, a great story to live live by and to give them core values and to give them all those things. I think the a big problem a lot of growing companies have is that they don't maintain this competitive nature within the employment standpoint. This is something that an employment brand can help with immensely think about all the ways that you're trying to hire when you go to job fairs and you go to all these like what are you showing up what are you saying to them we've done this with other clients too and it's been really good to for them to understand this complexities of saying your external brand was built for your customers right if it was done right it was built for your customers your internal brand needs to you know continue that story in a different way jump to the
0: i'm looking at Some notes that I had taken ahead of time. I know we said we were this was gonna be organic, but this is supposed to be organic. Did a tiny bit of homework. You brought up the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Let's talk about why they came to us because that's interesting. Much like Lifetime, the solution for Lifetime wasn't necessarily just graphics and visuals
1: and Printed materials. Although Lifetime did have internal printed materials. Correct. Internal design things. But yeah, with the Minnesota Vikings, it was a totally different, or similar but different, right? They are looking at, okay, how are we evolving for the next generation of Vikings? Um, how are we evolving as we move forward with, at this time, it was we we're going to get a new coach. We're going to get a new GM. We're going to not necessarily transition the company or that we're, we'll call it evolve it from where it was today, and they wanted help with, the, where are we going? What are we doing? The actual start of our conversation was a VP of
0: one of their internal departments coming to us and saying, we've been charged to set this year's annual goals for our department. And what I'm wondering for my department is in addition to, you know, being profitable and, and doing my job well. I was. She was looking for the guidepost or the the higher level initiatives that the organization had set forth, so that she knew what she was setting goals against. Um, t- she just said, "Literally, I could just make. I can just set goals, and that's fine, and they'll be great goals. But if yeah. I understood what the mission of the company was, then I can set even stronger goals." so that I can help sh- make sure that my department is doing what it needs to do to help the organization reach that
1: mission. Yeah, from an overall standpoint, they wanted all their all their goals to be more actionable. To say, we're working on these things, we wanna do them, that's great, but like w- to what end? At what point do we come out of this and say, this is where we're going? And that ended up, and I'm gonna fast forward here. So after all of that on, on how that worked, then it kind of turned into, because what does that mean for our customers? What does that mean for our fans? How does this translate to when I said, well, this is really interesting getting to that next generation standpoint. Like what's our story for everyone externally? And what should we do? What should we say? And how should we show up? Does that mean that we're designing all that? No, because they have a fantastic creative team. But that is for us to help them understand like if this is who you are internally and this is where you want to go, then here's how you need to start working towards that, um, and giving the creative people within their company the inspiration and the guidepost to say this is how you should keep moving for the next you know five six years as this next generation of fans comes through. So there's not there's no almost no graphics in that conversation, but there's this level of high level strategy to understand where are we going and how do we need to get there. And then helping the people on their team understand like, what the connection is based on their specific department underneath that. Um, another client that I think is really interesting to talk about is McDavid. And I think that we've talked about McDavid a lot within this podcast because they're just such a great example for a lot of the different customers that we work with. But talk a little bit about how McDavid initially engaged us because that's a weird story as well. The first engagement with McDavid that we were brought in to help them with was
0: specifically to create a sub brand to the to McDavid's parent brand that they were going to uh, launch inside Walmart stores. They didn't want they didn't want the main McDavid brand to be the same brand in Walmart. Think of like the Champion brand has a C9 brand that lives in Target that's specific to Target. So yeah. we were brought in to design that logo, color, packaging, and to figure out with with them what were
1: what were the similarities and differences from the master brand at that point. And then after that I and mean that <laughs> we don't have to get into like what happened there because that was a completely different um, after you know you did that and it didn't end up actually working out that way not like the brand wasn't good but it's just the Walmart had different expectations and just the way that it all kind of worked out. So, separately
0: or alongside that, McDavid was getting some pressure from some of their retail partners yep. about the overall aesthetic of their brand, their packaging, and their marketing materials. And they were excited and anxious to see what the next evolution of McDavid was going to look like. The retailers were giving, you know, the data that was coming out of the stores was that their target market was skewing younger and younger. McDavid's brand, while successful, pretty much was. 30 years old hadn't really been updated or addressed aesthetically for a long time
1: and they were losing out and missing out on attracting a younger audience of customers and so from that it ended up becoming this brand repositioning to say okay we're, we're working on this sub brand and that didn't necessarily catch with retail partners so What's going to happen now is we're going to reposition the entire brand to skew younger and have a, a like a same category but a different demographic and to tell a, and to tell a different story. Yeah, and I think that that and that's a great project to talk through with a lot of people that story element. But we're not doing that today. We're going to keep moving. The one that I think of as classic, classic us kind of project that we've worked with a handful of times um, is Lemon Bay, Lemon Bay Golf Club. And that's a brand refresh, right? They love the name. They love all those other things. They just need a way to... Same audience, same story generally. Um, how do we re-energize the way we look and the way that we talk about ourselves? And it's not necessarily to change what we're saying, but just the way that we say it.
0: They were also... Uh, Lemon Bay is currently um, renovating their golf course. They're They're doing some really substantial work on replacing their irrigation system, updating grass, working with a golf course architect to update and basically set up the course for the next generation. In golf, things like irrigation systems have a lifespan. Invasive trees had grown in. And so after you know years of talking about this and planning it, they are diving all in on renovating the club yeah. and the course itself. And out of that initiative, they asked the question, does our current brand and our current story reflect what we are going to be once this course reopens next year? And they determined that they had a, a really great opportunity now to have a story that was looking forward in addition to only looking back. Their current story was only a history story. So they're going to have a, basically a brand new golf course. And they had a, they have,
1: and now they will have a, brand new
0: identity yeah to help them with to match that, that. Mm-hmm.
1: but there was no change in like the leadership is still the same the the audience is still the same their offering is still the same what really happened was is they they realized that they have a great product but their brand did not match that product at all i love the story of lemon bay because of how it just all is so organic for them to say yeah we're you know we're just not We are just not who we know we are. We don't look like we know we are inside. So there's this balance. And as a consultative partner
0: in this project and initiative with them, in addition to the creative that we did write and that we did design, a large part of our role became
1: change management. Absolutely. Absolutely. For a lack of better words. And we have a podcast about that. um, But change management is a huge part of this. Like when we're talking about the Vikings, to understand... There's a lot of different people that have a lot of different ownership in, in that um, brand. An emotional investment. It, absolutely. And to say, how do we help them manage that change across things? And we do it with people like Lifetime to deal with uh, all their different departments to go, here's how it's changing. Here's what it matters to you. And how can we help you understand and you know build this up so you feel ownership of it? is a huge part of this and i think that change management is one of those things that when a brand doesn't get executed properly we can get into game one which is a great example game one is a good example of failed change management exactly so and not on our part on the previous so they actually tried to do the previous attempt yeah i don't know what you would call it committee sure they um tried to rename and rebrand that company. The, it, what it is is it's eight organizations coming into one to be able to be one organization under one name and all these other things. Merged to build, it, uh, build build, one kind of company. Merged and backed and
0: funded by private equity. Absolutely. So for people out that are listening, you know, who are either working with private equity companies or for private equity companies, you can relate at that
1: level of interest. And what happened was, is they had a failed attempt of this to say they tried to rename, they tried to do this, they just didn't. And I don't want to bash, I'm not obviously going to destroy any kind of pride. This type of work is so difficult with all the different people on board and all the different emotions and voices that need to be heard and all this other stuff. And basically what happened is the first people that tried that ended up. Not doing their due diligence to understand the core reasons why or what the name should mean to people and why it matters. And they didn't quite understand that merging organizations is almost more important for the internal people than it is for the external customers. The more we had talked to people in that project the more it became clear that when we had internal interviews with people who worked there, you know, from VP level all the way down to just like the manager level to understand what does this mean to you? It meant everything to that level. Whereas when we did interviews with customers, it almost meant nothing. They were like, the name doesn't mean a big deal to me. As long as I have my rep, as long as I have this, the name doesn't mean anything to me. So what we ended up doing is renaming the company based on a lot of different voices, but, core was to say we need to sell the internal people on this 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 name means so much to them how do we move them forward how do we get them included
0: yep get them on board and to help them understand the vision that was brought forth by the ceo um and, and to then help explain why that came to life in the way that it did to really help them rally and unify all 400 employees
1: yeah, that's a whole nother conversation in its own. Um, that's probably worth a like an hour-long podcast about that project. Fantastic leadership group, fantastic project to work with a lot of great people on that. But that was interesting because their failed attempt and then there's a little bit of scar tissue there within their key stakeholders to say, well, I don't know, should we be doing this? Should I?" There's this level of like, we've already tried this, why should we do it again? So I think that was a whole nother conversation of, we got... I don't know, five, six, uh, maybe it was four or five months into the project without doing any visuals at all because the visuals didn't matter as much as it, what really mattered was the story we're telling and the name that we have that tells that story with us. And a name that tells the story and describes the culture and the vision that
0: they had to, they had to clarify to allow them to go forward, to allow the name and the logo and the visuals to actually be meaningful and not just cosmetic.
1: We have time to do one or two more of these examples. Um, I don't know if people care about these examples or not, but I'm just going to keep going until... Well, what we're, what we're hoping is that people
0: understand the variety of ways that, uh, that their brand can help them that go above and beyond just attacking the logo and the way that you look. And that, you know, it's, I think for the, um, and as we of lead into this next example it's just it's interesting to me that with all the different types of organizations that we work with for all the different confusion that they come to us with sometimes it's an opportunity and and sometimes it's a problem or a challenge to overcome but there's a lot of commonalities there's a lot of common threads and part of my point is for you listening to this to realize that whatever that
1: challenge that you have is your it's not unique to you and it's not um you know insurmountable it's something that can be overcome there's this level of i think every single person we deal with is like i just don't know i don't think you're gonna get it it's so complex and all this other stuff and it's true that most of these things are complex but they're not something that we haven't looked at before it's not something that we haven't seen before before we dig into the last example here i would say since we do work within sports there's this level of flash and um trendiness of it that becomes difficult to ignore there's this level of we should really just do this trend because it's gonna it's just it looks really cool and we should just do it and there's this balance of like well what's trendy but what's us and how do we maintain the integrity of us that goes a long way especially within sports to say you can still look athletic you can still do all these things you can still look fresh in your own way that's just like a unique challenge that I think we've had in our industry in the way that we've worked with people in the past is that overcoming the idea of like, well, but are these people look like this. How do we, you know, look like them? And it's, that's not the point. Right. The last example is a company, shout out to a local company because we're in Minneapolis, uh, Sniper's Edge. They work with hockey products. Talk a little bit about like how did they start engaging us and the challenge that they're facing.
0: Sniper's Edge is relatively typical a typical way that some people will approach us. Basically, it started with a new owner bought a company. A, a gentleman who worked in private equity was looking at a company to fund and realized that with his own alignment and interest in hockey and hockey training products and an oppor- saw an opportunity for a company that had some really great, um, was founded on a great story, had some really great flagship products. But had an opportunity to grow and expand within the industry. And in really short term, started to run into the confusion of, you know, jumping to how do I market my company and how do I grow brand awareness? But then taking a step back and realizing that the product line and sub brands of products that they carry are starting to cause confusion in well, what, what's a Sniper's Edge product versus what is this other brand of product that you carry? And they all fall underneath hockey or they all fall underneath training. And that story is getting harder and harder to tell because the way that they're growing and with the products that they're bringing in, um, it's just making it more
1: confusing for them to understand what's the next path and step for them. We uh, And we're fresh in this project with them. We're working with them right now. Their team is great. I think that when you sit down and talk to them, you can feel their passion of the sport. When we work with all of these different organizations and you sit down for those first couple meetings and you start talking to someone, I think, and maybe it's just me. I I have a really clear picture of if they truly mean it or not with what they say. And this team is like that absolutely 100 percent they're hockey players they are people who care about other people playing hockey they have such a great story to tell and they have such a great ability to build products that actually help people in their space their challenge is to understand how they want to tell that story how are we going to do it in a way that is clear and is effective and is really passionate in the ways that we're passionate too and i think that this resonates with other clients we've had too that are really passionate within their own field. And they go, well, I'm building these products. I'm building these services. I want to make sure I'm doing it to the best of my ability. And how do I do that? And this is the absolute most common way I think that we find the clients that we love working with is the people who are super enthusiastic about not only their product, but about their customer. And that understanding of we have great products. Now we need to tell a great story that supports those products. Is what their challenge is, and I think that it's not uncommon. Yeah, people that are looking to expand um, to scale,
0: oftentimes you know, run into like this jumbled confusion of. Um, we might call it brand architecture or product architecture or, or even just clarity on offerings and services um, or clarity on features and benefits and what do we lead
1: with. It's very common. Um, and I'm excited to see where these guys go. And then it's past that to say not only what we offer and how we do it, but then like, so then what does that mean for future products? And what does that mean for the way that we want to market ourselves moving forward? It's There's a lot of questions. And I think that's the most exciting part about this for them is to say, we have so much opportunity in front of us. There's so much potential with what we're doing. How do we move it forward in a way that helps not only us grow, but us make the impact that we're trying to make? Okay. So we went through, what do you think? Like six, seven Mm -hmm. examples there. I think that if people are interested in this, let us know. We don't normally dive into client examples like this because we just don't know how relevant it is to you. But if it's interesting, let us know. What do you want to send send people off, send people away with? Well, first of all, you
0: just shouted out with the prior podcast conversation around change management. That would absolutely be worth going back and checking out. I think the theme that the reasons and the complexities um, that ultimately that people come to us, that people face, um, you can take some solace that no matter how frustrating it is for you at the time with where you are and, and you're in it, waist deep in it they're oftentimes having that external set of eyes, that consultative way of thinking about what you are running into to help guide you through that um, is something that you should consider because it can be really helpful to your organization and your goals um, to make sure that
1: you're actually leveraging your brand to help you as much as possible. I would say that when we work with our clients, the first step is always a in-depth conversation and we almost always do that for free because i think that our goal is to not waste your time and not waste our time within an engagement but there's a lot that i think people can take from that kind of conversation to say maybe i do have a problem maybe i don't have a problem and there's been plenty of times where we've sat down with a new business prospect and it goes you know what everything you have is fantastic you know where you're going you know what you're doing you know like you don't need us um, we are happy to help if you need it, but we don't think that you need us. and that's not uncommon either to say we are more than happy admitting when our services are not needed. And it actually makes us happy because it's, guess what? Now we don't have to, you know, change something for the sake of changing something. But what I will say is that a brand, if it's left untouched over time, it can get old and tired and irrelevant to the people that it was meant to serve. So if it if it isn't relevant to the people it was meant to serve, then now is a great time to have that conversation.
0: And that's how we start it. It starts with a conversation and the conversations about you, about what you were trying to do, the things you're running into, what's getting in the way, and our initial
1: thoughts on what might help yeah believe it or not derek and i hate talking about ourselves so ironic isn't it yeah it's ironic to have a podcast and hate talking all right until next time thanks talk to you soon
0: susner is a branding firm specializing in helping companies make a meaningful mark guiding marketing leaders who are working to make their brand communicate better stand out and engage audiences to grow their business for more on susner visit Sussner.com.